small glass screen button. Absolutely. And the Blue Mountains no longer exist. I now have green sort of ripples. Rainbow? Yeah. Yeah. Well, if if it's rainbow, it means I'm talking too loud. That's what my editor told me. <laughs> so for those playing along at home, uh, we had a few audio issues last episode with uh, Catalina Flying Bird, Catalina Mixer, whatever it's called, uh, basically torpedoed any hope of us recording on Audacity um, by making it horrendously difficult to get nice levels uh, with Stu's uh, hacker skills notwithstanding, being able to get it running. Uh, so we've now switched to, I'm recording on Audacity on Windows and Stu's recording on Ferrite on iPad. So this is a nice uh, sort of cross-compatibility episode. It's very exciting and, and I can't hear myself, which is frankly an improvement. <laughs> so yeah, I'll know in the edit what you sound like, but you won't know until it comes out. Uh, it was ever thus, TJ. It was ever thus. Anyway, how are you? It's Friday. We don't often speak on a Friday. It, it, it's a Friday. Yeah. Um, I'm good. I'm off work. I've had three coffees so far. It's 10.31 in the morning for me. I'm still in my pajamas. It's nice and relaxed. It's a, it's a good, easy Friday. All I got to do today, I edited uh, Wednesday's episode this morning, so that's good. Uh, I'm going to record a couple apps of you now, and then I'm going to do a little bit of video editing. And then, yeah, just a nice, easy, breezy Friday off work for me. Fabulous. And is it clement where you are, or is it raining sideways? <laughs> clement is a fantastic word. Let me check the, the, the clementometer. <laughs> um, it is currently 7.4 uh, centigrade, Earth. which is on the colder side, but at least my house is warmer than that now that the heating is I... fixed. So... Um, this this might come up partially noticeable, but I'll do it here. I felt like such a troglodyte because I, I I texted the plumber after him fixing everything. And I, I like I have never used a plumber before. I don't know if I've said that enough. Um and so I went and lifted money. I had cash and I was expecting him to come round and I almost got brown envelopes to put it in for him. Like <laughs> that's what I was expecting. And I messaged him and I was like, Yeah, so I'm I'm free on Friday. If you want to call Ryan, we can sort out payment. He was like, Um, yeah, I'll, I'll just invoice you. Uh, what's your email? <laughs> I was like, oh, of course, you're a plumber, not a medieval peasant. I don't need to pay you in a sack of coins. Yes. How silly of me. <laughs> and yeah, he undoubtedly whipped out his mobile and whatever app he's using went bang, bang, yeah. bang, pump. <laughs> I'm actually tracking all my clients on this. I'm like, oh, of course, I'm an idiot. I'm sorry. Here, let me pay this online. What am I going to do with all this cash I lifted? Uh, it sounds like it's going to be a big weekend in the Cosgrove house. <laughs> yeah, gotta get rid of that cash as soon as possible. Party time. Um, mm. but yes, how are you on this fine Friday? Is the weather a bit more clement where you are? Uh, yeah, I mean, we are, um, as is becoming a very welcome trend. It's, it's warm and sunny. Uh, we are at, uh, 21 degrees. Uh, it's just, Ooh. it's about half past midday. Um, the two loads of washing have gone out this morning and are just coming back in. My, I can see Margaret's out there doing her half of the deal. And, uh, yeah, it's, I've, I've been super productive. I've doled out some official advice to a client today about, uh, linked transactions. I mean, it, it is fascinating, TJ, but I, I don't want the audience to get too excited. So I'll spare yeah, you. Yeah. It's a bit early. We don't want to, <laughs> we don't want to spill all the beans this, you know, three minutes 46 into the app. Yeah. And I've been, uh, I've been, sort of playing around uh, with my email 
uh, which again mm-hmm. is phew, a conversation for another time, just trying a new app. Uh, <laughs> and then my podcast editor, five minutes before recording, uh, sent me a message saying, do you know, this audacity thing is not very good. Let's, let's do something entirely different. Uh, it was at least 10 minutes. Excuse me. <laughs> well, that, that 10, those 10 minutes passed very quickly for a panicked quasi Luddite. Um, <laughs> Uh, and as with all uh, things Apple, I had to run around to try and find 11 dongles to mm-hmm. daisy chain to do something highly complicated like connect a microphone. Uh, yeah. And then we had a good 10 minutes discussing it and working out why I couldn't hear myself. And it's because, well, I'm afraid I'm way ahead of Apple here and I've got, I've got headphones that, uh, that use Bluetooth. Uh, and to make all of this little rig work, I need one with a little jack so that I could attach it to my microphone. Yep. Um, but there you go. <laughs> Such is life. Uh, yeah. I, I ran a file of trying to be too uh, like old school and you ran a file of being too, trying to be too modern. So maybe we can learn something from each other today. Yeah. The, the, there's got to be something. I'm, I'm assuming that at some point this will all become seamless and Johnny, Johnny Ives <laughs> dream will be realized. Um, you've got to admire a man who was able in his dreams to just completely ignore the fact that everybody had to carry 25 dongles to do anything. I'm, yeah. sh- I'm sure well, if you don't connect anything to it, you don't need any dongles. Yeah, I'm sure in his mind, we all just had little iPads. Do you think he found the iPad covers offensive? Well, they have the smart connector, so I don't know whether that's a... A small transgression or a small concession in his part or, or as part of the master plan? I have a feeling he may have seen it as a massive concession, undermining <laughs> the purity of the design. It should just be a brick, a yeah. solid, impermeable brick. It no screen, no just ports. Be a piece of <laughs> magical glass that does everything. And I'm, so I'm this, this, yeah. looking at cables and <laughs> Apple pencils and covers and uh, just hanging off it. I got terribly sorry, Mr. I. But anyway, it appears to be working. There's a thing that I was looking at recently that kind of ties in with that, that idea of, a, of a impermeable brick. Um, and it's on a website called Hackaday, which is like weird electronics projects and hacker stuff and really interesting things. But someone had taken, uh, you know, the way you can wirelessly charge a phone. Yep. Uh, it's basically just a little induction ring. They basically took one of those and built it into a small single board computer. So they had that in the bottom and then a little computer with a screen above that and uh, a few LEDs and bits and bobs. They put all of that into a little mold and then completely encased the entire thing in clear resin. And so what you get is this little pyramid of resin that is mm. see-through with electronics in the middle that only works if you set it on a wireless charger because it'll then induct and, and turn on. Ooh. But it's waterproof. It's impermeable. It doesn't have any buttons. It doesn't have any things. You can wirelessly chat to it, but only when it's sitting on this thing. And I just thought that was such a cool idea of like this... You know, if you if you buried that for a thousand years and someone picks it up, they're going to go, what is this? It doesn't have any, it, 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 what, 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 what? But if you oh. put it in the right spot on this table, it lights up and does things. I'm I gonna, thought that was very cool. I'm going to age myself here, but I'm almost <laughs> certain that that's an episode of Blake 7 you've just described there. Where they, That sounds like something I've never seen. Oh, Blake 7. Oh, you'd love it. Um, it's, um, <laughs> it's, it's low budget. Uh, set in space and that always goes well when you mix yeah. low budget and space um and 
there's a, there's an element of sort of Dallas or, or dynasty in it, eighties fashions. So a lot of, lot of shoulder pads. Um, <laughs> yeah. Wide trouser legs. Uh, reminiscent of some of the classic Star Trek, you know, where the instruction clearly comes from, from stage left, right? Everybody <laughs> rock to your right and left as if you were on Whoa! stormy seas. Yeah. All of that sort of <laughs> stuff happens. Um, but yeah, it's very cult. So look it up. It'd be right up your street. Blake's Seven. I think I've heard of it, yeah, yeah. but I've never seen it. Um, but I'm, I'm fairly certain that at least one, if not several of their episodes were exactly that premise. What is this mm. weird glass box? Um, <laughs> and then it suddenly burst into light. But again, if you imagine how they would have, how they would have made that happen in the eighties. Uh, it's, yeah. Uh, for, <laughs> for today's, for today's viewers, they'll be going, what the hell is that? But yeah, it was two lads, a torch and a smoke machine. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, <laughs> it's uh, on a Thursday, they did Blake Seven, and on a Friday, Top of the Pops. I remember Top of the Pops, but not very well. Uh, yeah, well, what can I say? Let's not go down memory lane again. Um, <laughs> right, so I suppose we ought to get on with it. Uh, what, yeah. what, what do we do? Oh, writing. What are you writing with and on? Mm, so today I'm writing with something a little different. It's a, a Rouleau triangle pencil, Ooh. which is a triangle of equal equidistant sides, uh, which is better known as a triangular pencil. Um, it's a Milan Graphite 2B, mm-hmm. uh, or not 2B. It's lovely. It's a little blue striped triangular pencil, which feels really nice in the hand. Like it, It's a little bit like those ones you might have had as a kid that were kind of shaped, or the little grips you got that went around your, your thumb, your pointer finger, and your... Uh, other longer finger um that kind of give you the nice soft grip for learning to write with but the the reload triangle is a really interesting shape and it's one that conforms really nicely to the gap between your three fingers um so it's quite a comfortable pencil to use so i'm writing on that in um uh, various bits and pieces but my ddc old red which is my current daily driver notebook so that's been getting a few notes about things that i want to go and see and do and of course, the the Milan uh, graphite pencil, as should be obvious to everyone, is from Barcelona. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there you are. Um, I have no idea why a Spanish pencil company decided to call its pencil Milan, but there you go. Um, yeah, we sell them at uh, Nero's. They are lovely pencils, actually. Yeah, what have I got then? I am using a Blackwing, uh, the sixteen point two. Uh, which I was complaining a few episodes uh, back about how dirty it gets in the pencil case, you know, the white uh, lacquer. Mm-hmm. Uh, so a little bit of antibacterial spray, a little work with a cloth, it comes up as good as oh. new, TJ. Ah, yes. Do you know what the 16.2 stands for? Uh, well, I, I know to what it pertains, but I, I couldn't tell you what it stands for, no. I think it's 16.2 bytes or bits. Maybe it's bits. Bits is not very much of information. Um that the original um, Charles Babbage's original sort of calculating machine had like 16.2. It's either bits or bytes. And one is eight times larger than the other. So it's not a largely helpful spectrum of, of answers, but it's either 16.2 bits or 16.2 bytes of memory that it used to have. Well, there you go. You are full of information today, young man. Mm-hmm. Bits I happen bites. to be learning about binary stuff at the minute. So oh, yeah. yes, of course you, Mm. You coders, you have to go down all the abstractions and, ah, uh, yes. <laughs> it's uh, interesting. So, uh, you know, a bit is a, a binary zero one, uh, four, sorry, eight bits in a byte. 
and this has 16.2, I think it's bytes. Uh, so not very much. Back in the day, quite a lot. Uh, nowadays, uh, literally nothing. You know, uh, several zeros after the decimal point before you reach a number of a percentage of what it is of a modern smartphone. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, it's uh, we didn't touch on this in, in the last episode, but I was listening to, uh, I think it was Mac and Forth, which is a, a UK podcast on, on Apple stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, so think accidental tech podcast with sort of Essex accents. Um, uh, really good, that's actually. The, that's the London one, right? Uh, yeah, close enough. Um, I I, re- <laughs> I really do recommend uh, people listen to it. It was Teresa put put me onto it, my uh, personal curator of content. Um, <laughs> and they were talking about uh, my iPad. So what I'm using to record this podcast is the 10.5 iPad Pro from 2017 yeah. i think um the chip that's in this is now in the entry level basic ipad so in 2 years my top of the range ipad pro has now become the basic entry level ipad wow that's how fast it's accelerating because i it, it, it's an interesting subject uh, of its own, but I think, for me at least, we appear to have reached some... Maybe this happened five years ago and I didn't notice. But we've reached that point now where the hardware is way, way, way more capable than than I will ever need for the, for the activities that I'm doing, that I'm using these things for writing, email, uh, even recording a podcast. This machine that I've got in front of me can already do way more than Everything. I would ever need it to do. So, you know, when yeah. I was, when I was looking at, um, for, for reasons, no other reason than, Oh, I'd like something new and shiny. Um, shall I replace my phone? Shall I replace my iPad? Shall I replace my computer? Okay. If I want to, I should really be buying the entry level version of any of these things. <laughs> you don't need to go full spec cheese grater. Yeah, I mean, just even looking at an iMac Pro, I mean, what that thing can do at, at $5,000. Um, it's yeah, a, you buy it, you bring it home, and it does its own work. <laughs> you know, it, it is sentient. You don't need to do anything. It'll just record your podcast before you release it. It's got a very good personality. Lovely to chat to. Uh, just put it in the corner and let it do its thing. Pretty much that appears to be it. Um, and <laughs> I, I think the Mac Pro also takes over uh, cooking, cleaning, uh, and Gen- general financial administration. I mean, it's astonishing the power of these things. Um, uh, uh, just as an aside, I naturally will go and buy something very highly specced. Um, oh, 100%, yeah. Probably as an aspiration. Um, but I don't need to launch a rocket with this, but I could. Oh, yeah. I mean, these machines look at launching a, a rocket as kindergarten stuff. I mean, <laughs> Speaking of uh, computers, I looked it up. Uh, it was actually 16.2 kilobytes, which is 16,200 bytes, Ooh. which is 16,200 bytes times eight for bits. So there you go. Well, they, uh, they probably did go to the moon with that much. Slightly more, but it's comparatively less than your phone or iPad would be. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so uh, what am I? Yes, so it's my 16.2 in my... Uh, Field Notes, Autumn, Sweet Maple. I'm still in that one. The 
the bright orange one with the embossed deboss. Um, it is lovely. Just bossing. It Just is a, a certain degree of bossing. It is a lovely notebook. Um, I'm anxiously waiting for my uh, Group 11s, uh, which we've got at Nero's. They are flying off the shelves at Nero's, but um, I have to go through this whole sort of arm-twisting, pleading, uh, oh, let's be honest, begging uh, with Claire, because we have a sort of rolling cycle of, of care packages that come out to me here. Um, and... She's obviously very sensible and intelligent about it. And goes, okay, well, there's this coming and that coming and this coming. So I'll wait for all of that and then I'll send it to you. And there's me wheedling at the other end of the phone. Oh, well, please, can we send it now? Because it's got these and it's got that in it. Um, so. Yeah, you've got that option on Amazon where you like, either group my packages into the fewest number or send me 14,000 packages for 14,000 items. And we both know which one you would pick. Yeah, it's, you know, because people, people come to me on social media. Oh, what do you think of the new field note? I don't know. Um, in theory, it's great. Yeah, it's selling well. <laughs> people seem to love it, but I haven't actually touched one yet. Um, so, yeah, that will come come to me next week. Um, by which stage I probably would have got through uh, at least one of my autumn collection and the, the rest mm. will go and sit in boxes and shelves along with the other 74,000 notebooks that I've got. Um, uh, other than that, I'm still carrying on with my bullet journaling and I'm still using my, my bright orange uh, Uniball, which actually pairs very well with the uh, with the field note. Just, just complete Yeah, it's quite autumnal. Um, uh, and there we go. That's me for, for writing. Uh, are you watching anything? Uh, am I? Uh, yeah, lots of DIY videos on YouTube at the minute. Um, oh. For no real purpose other than I'm aspiring. Um, I, and, and we are deliberately not doing any DIY until after the wedding. But I'm looking at things and going, oh, I could build that. I could tile that. Having never built nor tiled anything, I'm like, I could definitely, in theory, do that. Um, so... It's it's nice to make plans and aspire and you know go on Pinterest and save photos and think about things. But uh, in a practical sense, ten percent of this might actually happen, uh, and five percent of it might actually be done by me. So it is aspirational, but nevertheless, it's it's a fun distraction. Well, there are worse habits to have, as Brad Dowdy would say. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> what am I watching? I was watching last night uh, a a drama called Gold Digger. Uh, it's a BBC drama. Uh, it's a, a younger man who is romantically pursuing, uh, an, oh, older is probably unfair, but a lady in her prime. Let's put it that way. Uh, whose kids are a little bit concerned about his motivation. And it's one of those you look at it or I look at it and go, this is going to have more twists than a twisty thing that has been twisted beyond twistability at a twisty university. <laughs> um, so everybody is going to turn out to be completely different from the impression that we're being given at the moment. There's all sorts yeah, of dramatic of devices being used. Uh, it's, um, Margaret is transfixed. She loves it. So um, great. Okay. Um, I'll, I'll sit there and watch it with her. It's a, it all seems pretty good. Um, what about listening? Are you listening to anything? Yeah, a little bit of NADPOD, which is the D&D podcast, um, N-A-D-D-P-O-D. So I've been listening to that a little bit, just kind of in between episodes. But I kind of, I tried to get into a couple of new audiobooks that I have because I canceled my Audible subscription for now because I was racking up books faster than I could listen because I had that behemoth of a Neil Stevenson book to read. 
to yep. listen to. Yep. Um, so I had two sitting in the bank. One of them is Gnomon, G-N-O-M-O-N, uh, which is, a Gnomon is the little thing that sticks up from a sundial. Um, and it, it seems like an interesting concept. I'm just, I was struggling to get into it when I started it. It was just like, mm, it's kind of like a future Britain, lots of identity, kind of there's full transparency and everything. It was quite prescient for all the data and accessibility stuff. It was really interesting. But listening to the first bit, like the first chapter, which is maybe, I don't know, three minutes of audio was just a list of numbers like someone reading out a list of numbers and i'm not sure i presume it will have context later but as an intro to the book it was like oh right i I see that you're doing something interesting here i'm sure this will make more sense later but for right now i'm sitting on the train um and i really wanted to be entertained and this is falling somewhat shy of the mark uh so I, i i'm giving it a second chance but just not yet Okay. All right. That seems to be your fallback, the uh, Not Another D&D podcast. It's what TJ listens yeah. to in the absence of anything else. Well, I have so many episodes to catch up on. They are very, very good at re- releasing episodes. And so they have probably a seven to ten episode lead on me. And the episodes are about an hour and a half to two hours. So I can only get through one mm, at a push, one a day commuting. And I don't listen every day. And so there, we're in like a catch-up race where I can't really catch up unless I dedicate weeks to it, which is good because they keep recording. And so I always have something to listen to um, and it's easy going and I kind of I remember the story. So Very good, very good. Well, I'm a uh, uh, similar spot, really. I've been listening. I've not started any of the audiobooks. I'm still podcasting, catching up. Um, listen to one this morning, actually, The Last Pen Addict. Um, where Brad took a photo of his desk and then went through um, everything that was on it. It was it was really quite interesting, actually. It was very cool. Um, mm, maybe we should do that. Yeah, I, I did actually take a photo today thinking, hmm, I wonder if I could do that. And then sort of looked at it and went, hmm, yeah, maybe not. Um, <laughs> what was striking was the amount of stationery that, that Brad has in play. So, you know, the notebook that I do for this, and then there's the notebook there that I do for that, and then the notebook for this, and then the notebook for that, and the notebook for this, and then it's like, wow, that's, I mean, A, very organized, um, and B, you know, that's very time consuming. Um, you know, yeah. I know Brad's very open about the fact that, you know, part of what he does is because he enjoys that whole process thing. So, um, one of his projects that he mentioned, a couple of weeks ago was he plans to take the Wilco box set of field notes. Do you see those? Um, yeah, yeah, we talked about them a couple of weeks back. It's the band that we've never heard of that is also a supermarket. <laughs> That's the one. Um, where he's going to use each of the notebooks to, he's going to transcribe the lyrics of a specific album into each of the notebooks. So okay. six notebooks, so six albums, he's going to transcribe the lyrics. And he's doing that because, well, kind of enjoys it. Which, I mean, yeah. Yeah. I can't think of a better reason to do something. Exactly. I think that's absolutely fabulous. The, I, initially, I sat there and went, I don't get it. I don't understand. And I thought, well, actually, no. He just it, It's the joy of doing something. It's the joy of using these things that, you know, he's not alone in feverishly collecting. So, uh, yeah, fair play to him. It was, a, it was an interesting one. And, that, yeah, the desk one. Did, did get me going and get me looking around my desk. Um, thinking, oh, oh, look, oh, there's something I haven't used for a while. And Jeff, 
before you knew it, another hour had gone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have no time for all this. Uh, what are you reading then? I am still reading All the Birds in the Sky, which is still as excellent as it was when I read it last. I'm, I've been burning through it on the train. I think I may be up to 30 or 40% through reading oh, wow. on Kindle. So, yeah, hopefully finish it next week, I think, if I'm reading on the train, um, which is fast. Like, I can read fast, but I don't typically get the opportunity to because I don't make time for it. Mm. Um, but now that I'm kind of invested in the story, I'm, you know, sort of reading quite quickly because I'm like, yeah, get out of the way. Let me sit down. Let me sit down. Book out straight in. And so for the almost 29 minutes of my 30-minute train journey is reading. For sure. It's it's a fun so, yeah. book. I enjoyed it. Um, I must look at I'm I'm sure there must be more in that vein. Actually. I must look them out. It's, the style is not dissimilar to The Long Earth, which is a Terry Pratchett and uh, someone else. I've forgotten their name. I'll look up while we're chatting. Um, the Long Earth is a really interesting book. I read a couple of episodes back. Um, which is about like uh, basically overlaid alternative Earths. Um, British author is Terry Pratchett and Stephen Baxter. So Stephen Baxter is a sci-fi author. Terry Pratchett is a fantasy author. It's that same blend of fantasy sci-fi. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a big, long series of books. I've only read the first one, um, but I really enjoyed it. And it's the writing styles, I wouldn't say, are the same, but there's this element of almost flippant fun where you're kind of like, Oh, and here's the thing. And there's a little bit of backstory and it's quite a funny little amusing thing. And then we jump on. And I really like prose like that. That kind of, it's, it's a visual treat as I'm reading it. So I, I would highlight things that stand out to me. And there's a couple of lines where I'm going, that's just, it's, it's basically poetry, but it doesn't rhyme. You know, wonderfully crafted words that just kind of flow into each other and convey something really meaningful. Um, so I'm really, really enjoying it. And I enjoyed the long earth the same way, um, for having that kind of, funness to it it's it's almost like a a comedy that isn't you know it's not slapstick it's not about trying to make you laugh it's about making you smile and and enjoy the story mm, for sure yeah it's uh it's something i'll definitely look at so i every time you mention it i think oh i really enjoyed that book uh so i must yeah i must look out some more of the same the long earth you say terry pratchett and stephen yeah. baxter I've, I've even taken a note tj um, and it'll be in show notes for everyone else. Yay. Uh, well, I'm still battling my way through the letters uh, from a stoic uh, by Seneca, uh, which, as as I seem to mention every time, you don't read a lot of those in one go. You sort of read one or two and then think on them. Well, that's what I do. Yeah. Uh, and I'm just starting something that I downloaded a long time ago called Educated by uh, Tara Westover. Um. And I've only read the sort of prologue, but uh, she um, was brought up a Mormon uh, in Idaho. And her father was uh, very religious and very anti-establishment. So she wasn't, uh, there was no birth certificate. Uh, She wasn't registered for school. The, The idea being that the authorities couldn't force the family to, to send their children to school if they didn't know the family existed. Yeah. Um, so, you know, she was basically sort of waiting for, for the end of days. Um, and then at uh, 16, something happened. I don't know what. I haven't got that far yet. Um, that made her think, do you know what? I want to go and get educated. 
um, and she's now a doctor of philosophy from Cambridge. So um, clearly, when she decided she was going to get educated, she she went full bore. Um, yeah, she turned the dial up to eleven on that one. Yeah, so um, I'm looking forward to that. It's a fascinating sort of premise or arc. I mean, it's a true story. It's not, mm. it's not a premise at all. So uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to reading that. Uh, what about drinking? Drinking anything? Uh, lots and lots of coffee. Mm. I've had three cups this morning, which is good. It's nice. I'm a little bit buzzed and it's fun. Yeah, I'm I'm considering, I, I am, I have subconsciously for the last five minutes been planning uh, a section where I think <laughs> TJ will probably talk for a few minutes. So there. I can leave. So I can run <laughs> next door, fire up my espresso machine and get an espresso on. Um, it is it is behind a wall so i'm hopeful that it won't it won't audio interfere oh that was behind the wall that was the, the sign after it was behind the wall oh i see okay um so yeah i've been what about me drinking this one mostly water to be honest i've been a good boy uh i think i had a coke light earlier on yes while i was slaving away i was up uh well i was up just before six this morning so uh i was up and adam we had the the washing machine on, the dog out. Oh, it was all very productive. Been very impressed. Um, so, as a consequence, I'm probably going to drop off halfway through this podcast and just fall asleep, <laughs> or or, yeah. or meditate, uh, as a, as we like to call it. I'm just going for a meditation, yeah. <clears throat> a quick 15 minute meditation. <laughs> uh, what about buying? You been buying anything? I've started. And I, we talked about this before, but I've started my Christmas shopping and I was actually on a certain stationary based website that we both enjoy uh, earlier today, mm-hmm. having a look and putting a few things in a basket and knowing that you can see what goes in the basket is like, I wonder we'll still comment on this. I wonder we'll look it up and be like, oh, oh okay. Yeah, I see. Yeah, yeah, I wouldn't choose that, but yeah. <laughs> well, the, the days when I used to watch people's baskets, uh, have passed, but uh, you're absolutely right. I can go in there and see all the abandoned baskets and. <laughs> um, uh, it's quite scary actually because Shopify uh, encourages you uh, at times sort of commands you to then send everybody emails saying oh look you left this in your basket did you forget something or did you need help or um <laughs> why didn't you buy it <laughs> yeah and I just you know I turned all that stuff off because I just like oh, I dislike it I'm you know yeah uh, pe- people are big enough luckily enough to make their own decisions and prompting by me but uh, having said that, I will, of course, as we speak, be opening up the website and checking out the Cogrove basket. <laughs> See, I didn't log in, so it could be under guest. Oh, oh, okay. Well, that, even more fun, I'll have to guess. Yeah, there's three items in the basket. I'll let you find out which one I am. <laughs> All right. Okay. So uh, you've been it, it, shopping interruptus. <laughs> the, the best type of the best type of shopping. It hasn't cost you anything. Yeah, super, super cheap. <laughs> um, well, I, uh, I think I mentioned last time I was getting my old man ticket, the, the golf trolley mm-hmm. and, and bag. Your autonomous trolley drone. Yeah. Golf machine. That's caddy. it. Um, but as it was all working through this sort of elaborate, uh, nudge, nudge, wink, wink collaboration. Um, <laughs> this is something that only a bunch of middle aged men could get so badly wrong. So, the 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 vendor is at the eastern end of the island and is a friend of my friend who I play golf with. So I spoke to the guy I was playing golf with who said, oh, 
Don't worry, so-and-so will sort you out. Decent price. Great. There was some what's-upping. Went on, bang, bang, bang. A deal was struck. And then my friend, the golfer, turned to me and said, well, the thing is that our mutual friend with whom we golf, he lives up that end. We'll get him to pick it up, bring it. You won't even have to leave the comfort of your own home. Great. <laughs> the vendor was, at the time of all the wasupping, actually travelling to San Diego. And therefore, it would be his assistant who would be fulfilling his end of the bargain. So, my friend of a friend went to see the assistant of the fellow who's the friend of my friend, <laughs> complete with uh, some some folding money, which I'd passed him and said, there you go. And he went there, handed over the folding money, was given the goods, drove back. Yesterday, I met the friend of the friend at the golf course. He said, oh, will we go and, yep, let's go and do it in the car park so that nobody sees. Great. Boom, boom, boom. Opens up his boot and he says, I took it out of the box because I couldn't get it in the boot. Is that, I can bring you the box if you want. To which I responded, no, no, I don't need a box. It's fine. And there it was, a beautiful golf trolley. And this fella, the friend of the friend, is Irish, said, uh, there was something about a bag, but I didn't know what they were going on about. <laughs> yes, he said something, 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 bag, something, something. Anyway, I, I, I tuned out. Exactly. Um, I thought, I thought it was maybe a bag to put the trolley in or something. I, I looked at him and I said, it's a golf bag. It's the bag in which we put our bats to put the bats upon the trolley. It, it's the kind of point of the exercise. Oh, I see. Ah, oh, well. Listen, I'm away for a bit now, but I'm back in two weeks. I can pop up then. <sighs> so I then went to the friend and said, your friend hasn't communicated very well with his assistant. To which he responded, and what makes you say that, young man? And I unfolded the story to him, much as I've just unfolded it to you. And then there was much furrowing of brows, sucking of teeth, uh, furious calculations of time zone differences to San Diego. And at some point, I am optimistic that I will, in fact, be getting a bag to go with my trolley. So <laughs> I am I am very much like a kid who has received the box for his new bike, but not got the new bike. You got the cartridges for the Super Nintendo, but not the console. Exactly. So I am here. The, the <laughs> trolley is behind me. I keep turning to look at it as I speak about it, just in case it gets offended. Forlornly. Uh, its battery <laughs> has been charging overnight, so it's got a fully zapped up lithium battery that will take it to the ends of the earth and back in between charges. Um, but it's entirely and completely without use. Oh, I don't know about that. You might be able to ride it like a like a wee go-kart or something. Sit on it, see if it goes. Mm. You're demonstrating a fundamental uh, lack of understanding of physics there, young man. Uh, <laughs> I never promised to be a physician. <laughs> uh, believe me, if golf bags weighed anything like what I weighed, then there wouldn't be as many people playing golf. Um, 
So yes, it's it's all quite frustrating at the moment. I'll be honest, uh, but it's there mm. um, and taunting you. Uh, obviously, uh, the current Mrs. Lennon was as helpful as ever, and she, so you've handed over all the money and you've not got your bag then. Yes, 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 Mrs. Lennon. But I don't think there's a, a danger of fraud here. It's just how can I put this? Middle-aged men being imprecise and useless. That's pretty much what's happened. <laughs> um, and so the latest plan that I heard was that my friend and I are now going on a road trip. Because I, yep. I said to him, I said, look, so I'll drive up that end um, and, and pick it up because um, I've got other stuff that I can do up there anyway. My, my father is buried there for a start. Um, but he clearly feels some degree of responsibility. So he's like, no, no, I'll go. So again, standard sort of male thing. We've got, I'll tell you what, let's both go. Um, and he then looks at me and he's, he and I share a build. So we're both rather portly. He's a little bit older than me. Uh, so he'd be, he'd be 70 and change. Um, and he's, he looked at me and said, there is a really good fish and chip shop there. Right. As if you needed more <laughs> prompting. Right. Well, let's get on it then. Um, so, <laughs> uh, dear, oh dear, what a, what a fiasco. It would have been, mm. it would have been easier just to fly to England, buy it myself and bring it back. But there you go. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I, again, with Claire, I was given a stern talking to, uh, just before we came on, actually, it was, uh, when discussing uh, care packages she's like now the end of November is coming and by the time this goes out it's probably arrived um, so if you are buying presents and you want them sent out you need to buy them now and she did it in that <laughs> very maternal tone making yeah. absolutely clear that she would in fact say I told you so if I left it too late um, so, <laughs> so there you are I shall be I shall be racking my brains later about uh, what presents I need to buy um, and yeah, that's it. Really, I don't think I've bought anything else. Oh, I've got some extraordinarily bright uh, golfing attire on its way. Uh, that'll be you never. Yeah. I, I can't see it happening. Ah, uh, yes, yeah, some some very very bright stuff that will doubtless uh, make its way to Instagram at some point. Uh, <laughs> I look forward to it. Uh, and that's really me on the bike. So, parish notices. What is new and exciting in the world of TJ Cosgrove? Uh, well, I'm going to see a play tonight. Uh, a friend is directing a play uh, in our hometown. Um, so we're going to go see that, which should be good fun. Uh, might go out for a few drinks with friends after that. And I'm anticipating eating ribs for dinner. There's a really good uh, barbecue restaurant across the road from the uh, venue, uh, which I've been to once or twice before. And so I was like, Meg, we're going to the play. Yes. Uh, we normally would, you know, get a pizza or something and have a nice relaxed evening in. Yes. Uh, we're not going to be home to do that, uh, so I want ribs. So we're going for ribs. So I, I will report back as to the rib situation next week, uh, but that is the current plan, is to eat um, intercostal meat later today. Well, I think we've probably um, worked out what's happening to all the cash in the Cosgrove pocket then. <laughs> yep, uh, not going to the plumber. Nope, ribs and beer. Oh, dear. The other thing was, uh, since I was on Nero's Notes, and I'll give you a small clue, this item is not in my basket, um, but I was looking at a few bits and pieces in there, and one of them that caught my eye is the, is it Lihit Labs mm. carry pouch yeah. and book pouch? 
Oh, they look nice. They are nice. Um, the we uh, after Brad gave us the terrible news that Knock wasn't going to be um, providing sort of wholesale. Uh, we had to try and find some places that would give us, you know, something similar. So we tried. Um, oh, I forgot the name already. Um, uh, another uh, rickshaw, rickshaw bags. Mm-hmm. Um, and they make very nice pen cases. But something in what I said offended Mr. Rickshaw Bags because um, he never responded to my emails ever again. Um, <laughs> oh, dear. And, um, <laughs> which, you know, frankly, that wouldn't be the first time that's happened. I, I give you Blackwing as an example. But um, we also found Lihit, who are a Japanese brand. Um, mm-hmm. And they have a distributor in, I think it's the Netherlands, actually. And so for the last pen show, I bought a sort of mix and match. Uh, it's it's a horrible, they don't have a web ordering system. So you get um, you get the, the whole two catalog game. So you get one catalog full of really nice pictures. And then another catalog, which is essentially a massive Excel sheet with long numbers. And you have to try and marry the number to the picture and then work out how to order yeah. it and how much it costs and all that jazz. So it's a bit of a nightmare. Um, but we picked up a load of them, a load of different ones. Uh, and every time I get the, uh, my little microphone here goes bananas. I just thought I'd add that in, but, um, they are gorgeous and they are such good value. Um, yeah, I'm looking at them here. I'm looking at all the different ones. There's some really nice formats there's like a a book cover uh there's like an a5 or an a6 a6 carry pouch which is the one i particularly like and then like a book style a5 kind of job these look great and as you say they're they're not going to break the bank um because i i don't need more cordura fabric pouches let me let me tell you that now i have cordura pouches and bags and little cases for things coming down all around me mm-hmm. but i took one look at this and went it comes in black it looks vaguely tactical it has belt loops and clips it has pockets to delineate pencils and uh, phones and notebooks and all these bits and pieces and it looks really nice and also i know i have a code to get money off the uh-huh. this is dangerous oh the slackers code yes i, I better get mm. better get logged on and get that turned off immediately before I get bankrupt. Um, so, yeah, they popped up when I was searching and I just thought, ooh, because I know we chatted uh, about um, these kind of things before mm. and I just thought it was uh, it's worth bringing it up because those, those jumped out at me. It's like, ooh, those are actually really, really nice. Yeah, I mean, they are uh, they're the sort of stationary version of those tactical pouches that you get for your tech. So Yeah, Molly. So M M M O L L E. Yeah, when you when you called, uh, when you slacked and said, "Okay, we'll switch over to to iPad," I, you know, I pretended to be terribly stressed, but I have to say, I'm I'm, I'm actually pulling it out as we speak. Uh, I've got a bag smart. Can you come across one of these? Um, um, I think I got it on Amazon somewhere. And it's it's a tech pouch oh, yeah. that has uh, my grid system. Well, yeah, with my lightning dongles. So I've got little USBs and SD cards and. Uh, oh, it's the Dongo Fiesta, Arriba Arriba. 
<laughs> Pretty much. Um, I've got a, a Sateki, um, this is very geeky, a Sateki remote for the iPad. So if I use it to make presentations and stuff. Um, oh, very good. And this is my, my traveling with iPad tech bag. So it's got everything in that I might need. Uh, the, oh, I'm definitely going to have to buy one of these carry pouches now for my iPad. <laughs> like, oh, I'm sorry. Um, You've done this. But the, There's 18 pounds of that cash gone. <laughs> I'm going to have to bank it back in. <laughs> but the Delihit Lab stuff, I, I think, is like the, the stationary version of that. So, um, yeah, I have a couple of little pages. I've got a couple of knock pages as well. That mm. It's like, okay, I'm, it's this type of trip. Okay, I'll need that, that and that, because this one's got pencil, sharpener, um, eraser, um foldable ruler you know bang 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 it's sort of ready to go this is my current set of fountain pens this is the ink it's those little bags that go in the big bags if you see what I mean uh lit lab are great for them <laughs> tiered bags yeah and I, I have to say they're much less expensive than the uh the tactical ones which is a relief oh pardon me that's that's coke zero making a return there <laughs> So yeah, that's what I've been looking at. I'm I'm interested to see if you can find me. This is like a oh, right. interesting I, game I haven't, on, on the cart system. I haven't I haven't even even considered looking, but I shall uh, I shall oh dear. Of course I'm working with a MacBook, it's probably gonna crash and explode anyway. <laughs> um, uh Paris notices for me I not not much has happened. I did uh this is the standard tales of woe of me and and um uh, DIY. So I came back from the dog walk and Margaret said to me, can you fix the light bulb in the ensuite bathroom? Uh, the bulb went as I flicked it on and it tripped. The electricity in this house or indeed in this country is on a hair trigger. It doesn't matter what you do. Um, um, I've got, I counted them the other day. So I've got a massive mains electric switch on the outside of my house which is sort of uh -huh. the master trip. And then uh, if you come into the front door, which is in the basement, I have um, five switches, five little trip switches in a box on the staircase. Um, you then go upstairs and in the main corridor, I have 16 trip switches uh, in, a, in a box. And I've got no idea what any of these do other than when something trips. So, oh, that that switches the wrong way around. That light doesn't work. Therefore, I suggest that those two things are related. Click. Oh, look at that. So, I replaced the light bulb, um, which to me already it was um, what do they call these things? Like a bulkhead light. So yeah, it's sort of flush against the wall, um, and you pull off this heavy plastic, and very exciting. Change the light bulb, got it back, flicked it on, all works. Now. Ordinarily, that would be enough to constitute a lap of honour for me, really. Um, and then Margaret went, that's a lovely light bulb you've put in there. It's very bright. Could you put one in the other bathroom? Uh, which is the sort of mission creep that always, always winds me up. Um, and so I did. I, I, I got the little ladder and same thing. It's a bulkhead light, but this time attached to the ceiling. And I unscrewed it and then... The little plasticky thing didn't come away. Mm. So I was like, hmm. So uh, as all good DIY people, I sort of twisted it and 
uh, leaving a screwdriver in it and heard some very suspicious sort of cracks. Um, and, and eventually I worked out there was a little combination of turning and pulling down that worked and oof, off it came. And I changed the light bulb again. This went reasonably well. And then I tried to put the whole thing back together. And oh, the language. TJ, you would have been astonished there. This, this light bulb has never heard such insults thrown at it. Um, and ultimately what it turned out to be was that when putting the clear plastic bit back on, you had to twist it so that the little gaps in the plastic ridge yeah. allowed you access to the screw hole. Of course. Well, this is something that I did not know for the first 20 minutes of trying to screw those screws in. And just thought that I was incredibly inept at getting the screw over the hole. Um, and I honestly, I was close to tears. I really, really, oh, I could not work out what was going wrong. Um, but then ultimately and eventually we got there and the, the feeling of satisfaction to you. Honestly, I did do a lap of honor at this point. The dog, <laughs> the dog was completely confused as to why I was running around the garden. Um, but there you are. That was that was my parish notice. I'm sorry. I'm I'm waffling mm. because I'm as we speak. I'm looking at uh, at uh, incomplete transactions just to see if I can <laughs> if I can find the Cosgrove. Yeah. Catch me if you can. I don't know what he's playing at. This funny man. Uh, some sorts of stuff. Um, so that was really my parish notice. So I suppose really now as we lumber towards fifty minutes. Um, Mm-hmm. It's uh, we haven't done it for a while, so uh, see you later, Dave. Thanks for coming by, and hey, Meg, how you doing? Hey, what is what is three pin plug in French? Uh, it's uh, oh, a three pin plug. Le troisième plug. Uh, yeah, it's, it would be uh, a plug is a brise, uh, so it'd be a brise à trois. Mm, I don't know what you would call the pin. I mean, the French for a pin is a pin, but um, a brise à trois <laughs> quelque chose. I don't know what to be honest. I shall have to find that out as well, mate. Oh, there you go. We can do it in French next week. Uh, and I'm giving up. I'm giving up on the checkout now because it's becoming becoming obsessive. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, yes, yeah, so I'll have to look up what the three pin plug is in French. Uh, so, what am I going to plug? I will plug uh, Nero's Notes, uh, which has previously discussed, sells all sorts of wonderful lit lab pouches, uh, as well as a mm-hmm. fine selection of notebooks. Uh, hot off the press at the moment, some f- some pens by Ian Shern. Uh, they are yeah, they're lovely. beginning to go. Um, uh, if, you're, if you're feeling like one of those, by the time you hear this, there's probably not that many left. I'd go go for that quickly, if I were you. Um, yeah, I saw in one of our, I think it was the Nero Slack, uh, someone was going... Ah, those look lovely. I wish I'd bought this one because it's no longer available to be bought. Ah, uh, yes, uh, there was um, somebody swooped, um, and I, th- I know for a fact that the buyer already has three. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, you, you know what they say: you need at least four or five. That's the minimum for Shun Design pens. Well, you know, to be honest, there aren't many fountain pen owners that have one. It it just doesn't work yeah, that way. Fair. Um, <laughs> so yeah, uh, Nero's Notes, uh, Nero's uk. We sell notebooks, we sell pens, we sell uh, 
ephemera, as TJ will doubtless say later. Uh, you can mm-hmm. also find me at stuartlennon.com, which is my uh, website where I outright stuff. Um, and where you can become a member if you so desire for the staggering sum of 12 pounds. Um, it's very, that, that's a year, by the way, not a month. Uh, and that gives you access to, uh, <laughs> members only posts and also everything that I might publish. So, uh, if I were going to publish two novels, <laughs> let's, let's see if we can publish one. But if I were to publish two novels, you would get them free in the electronic format of your choice. Uh, obviously they're not free because you've already paid 12 pounds, but you know what I mean. Um, and the, the second pin before we hand over to the mighty CJ Cosgrove is for, uh, 1857, this podcast, which, uh, is hosted at mm-hmm. uh where there is a magic button, uh, with a symbol, uh, the dollar sign. And if you click on that, then you are given the opportunity to donate. And somebody did this week. Uh, so, oh, very nice. Thank you very much. Uh, and I was just writing that up before we started speaking. I don't know if the person wanted to be anonymous, so I won't name them yet. Um, my suspicion, looking at the email address, uh, is that they're from the Czech Republic. And so, um, Yiki Motz, uh, TJ will pop in and see you when he's uh, over in Prague. <laughs> yeah, let me know. We'll get a Trudelnik filled uh, with ice cream, and yeah, he'll he'll buy you a pivo. Uh, so thank you very much for that. Yeah, you just go along there. You can thank choose you. to donate uh, anything you like, and we will use that to to cover the costs of hosting, editing, and all the other sort of bits and pieces that you have to do around a, a podcast. What about you, TJ? Where can people find you? So people can find me. Uh, when I'm not here on the podcast, on YouTube with Wood and Graphite, which is my YouTube channel about pencils and paper and, you guessed it, ephemera. Uh, the video I'm working on at the minute, which I'm hoping to finish uh, later today, is about journal writing uh, and why you should write a paper journal in 2019 when you've uh, an abundance of other options, digital and otherwise. And I'm having fun editing it. I think you might enjoy it if you enjoy what we talk about here. So go and have a look. It's on YouTube. Just search wood and graphite, exactly what you expect to spell. And uh, have a little look because the, the stuff that I talk about and the stories that I try and tell uh, are stories that I think are interesting and worthwhile. And that's the motivation for me is that I want to share those stories with other people. So if you like what we talk about here and uh, you want to hear more of my sultry tones, then you can go and check out my videos there. Or indeed on Instagram, wood ampersand graphite, wood and graphite. Um, and I post bits and pieces there, some behind the scenes stuff, anything I'm working on or looking at. Uh, and I've also got a Patreon. So if you want to support the videos, there's a Patreon that you could do that. And you get extra, extra bits and pieces, early access, all the good things. But mostly, go and watch them on YouTube. Go and have a look, see what you think. Very, very good. So... Finally, uh, short of the hour mark, which is very good for us, uh, we get to the topic. Mm. What are we talking about this fine Friday stroke Monday? Yeah. Uh, writing letters, letter writing, as it were. Uh, um, the fine art of taking some sort of writing implement and inscribing thoughts and feelings onto cellulose and then posting those feelings and thoughts uh, through whatever meal system is your preference. Uh, to another human being on this fine little blue marble that we live on. Well, I, I, there you go. Do, do you write letters, TJ? <laughs> I have been known to dabble. I do occasionally write letters. 
Okay, well, I'm, uh, I, I, I suppose I'm addicted. Um, I started, I, I started, I started like most people of my age, uh, when I was very, very young. My first 10 letters were almost certainly to my grandma. Um, oh, uh, and Father Christmas, of course. Um, <laughs> yeah, well, that's the first letter you write. The second one is, thank you very much for my birthday present. I really liked it. It was good. I did this. Thanks. Bye. Love. Name. I, I always had a real conflict from a very early age where I would be, be tasked. I mean, it wasn't optional. I was tasked with writing a letter <laughs> to Santa Claus, uh, which, which I would dutifully do. And then, Less than a month later, TJ, I kid you not, I was, I was asked to write thank you letters, not to Santa Claus, but to various and sundry relatives. <laughs> what, what about this, this lad, Mr. Claus? It, He's he now getting a it, thank you letter? Exactly. It made absolutely no sense to me at all. I, I would ask for a helmet for my bike. That's not strictly true. I never wore a helmet on my bike, but something peripheral. <laughs> I would ask Santa for yeah. it, and then lo and behold, a month later, I'd be thanking my granny for it. Mm. Made no sense. Almost to me. as if there's something fishy going on. Is this podcast about to disprove Santa Claus? Don't be ridiculous. <laughs> I know Christmas magic ruined. I know that Granny was lonely, so I would always just send her a letter. That was it. Um, so <laughs> I did that. And then, um, I suppose not, not uniquely, but my father was, uh, was in the Royal Air Force and was often serving away. So at the age of about, I suppose eight, maybe my mother decided that she was not going to travel, that we as a family were not going to travel with my dad on his postings. We were going to have a home base and he would commute as much as was possible. Um, so obviously in the, the forces, you don't generally get to choose where you go. Um, <laughs> no, it's not, it's not one of those ones that you go, actually just not feeling it this morning, guys. Gonna take a me day. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. <laughs> don't fancy this war. Can I go to the next one? Um, so, uh, the British forces has a thing called, um, uh, blueies, um, which are blueies. Blueies. Yeah. They are, it's like a, a piece of A4 paper that folds itself into an envelope. And so... How do you spell that? B-L-U-E? Well, it's, it's blue with a Y on the end. Oh, well, that's much easier. Mm, yeah. That's probably an easier way to think of it. Um, and it, it, you, you get them from the British Forces Post Office, and they're very, very light. Um, it's a sort of, a, a, a TJ would call Bible paper that folds, and you can write the, the address... Uh, and your sender's address, and then you've got one page to write uh, to your to your loved one in the forces. So it's all oh. an internal forces post office thing, and that was the only real way that you you had contact with, um, you know, for my mum's case, her husband, um, because phone calls were uh, at a premium. You know, these, these were the days where um, you, you couldn't just pick up a phone and make international phone calls, particularly to places that were. Uh, a bit more remote, um, uh, and you know, possibly in the conflict zones. Although my dad didn't do too much uh, fighting of wars, he was generally far safer places, I hope. Um, but that's what we used to do. Was was I used to write 
uh, blueies to him and he would write blueies back to me. Um, I'm just looking it up now as I'm sure you are. And this is the E bluey. No, it's way before the E bluey. This is the real bluey. <laughs> it's way before E. Yeah. E anything. <laughs> uh, here we go. Uh, aerograms that, um, were provided for troops on active service and their families at home. Self-adhesive strips along the edges of the paper allowed it to be folded and sealed without the added weight of an envelope, meaning that more of them could be carried by air or by hand for the same total weight. Because of the blue paper, these self-contained kits were inevitably known as blueies, and the name to carry, and the name came to carry something of an emotional charge due to the significance of receiving a possibly rare bluey from a loved one. Uh, uh, wow. And that's so, you know, my, my dad was in, um, place called Mazira, that's the one I have the, the strongest memory of, uh, which is literally a little island uh, in the Gulf. So not the sort of place that you were likely to be going visiting or anything. Um, he also did Ascension Island, which, again, <laughs> it's, it's not the sort of place you could accidentally get to. Uh, and I remember getting his little, his notes from there, which would invariably be about, you know, are you doing your schoolwork and all that sort of thing. But um, to me, they were so exotic from these far flung places. Uh, and then more recently, I got back into writing letters with uh, Amanda, Dr. Amanda Fleet, who writes on Nero's. Uh, I met her on Twitter. Uh, and we became mm. we became writing buddies uh, because she's quite a prolific writer, uh, and I'm an excellent buddy. Um, I don't think that was how we planned it to happen. I think we were both supposed to be writing. <laughs> uh, I, I've yeah. been a bit sort of hmm, remiss on the writing side, uh, so we started writing letters to each other, uh, and I correspond with a couple of friends, and uh, there's a few people sort of dotted around that I regularly correspond with, and I love it. It's absolutely fantastic. One of my favourite things. Um, uh, there's a couple of commercial ones that I did as well. Uh, postcrossing.com. That's uh, one that I did for about a year and a half. And I stopped because I was literally drowning in postcards. Um, <laughs> what do I do with all of these? Yeah, because what you do is you sign up. And every time you send a postcard and you register that you've sent one, um, you then get sort of put on the receiving list. So it becomes a sort of self-fulfilling thing. You say, oh, yeah, well, I get loads of postcards. So you'd write 10, and then you would get 10 postcards from Malaysia and Saudi Arabia and uh, the US and Germany. And, fr- and they come from all over the world. Um, and it's a cracking, cracking thing. It was really, I really enjoyed it. My mailbox became so much more fun again. Because rather than mm. just a bank statement or a, a bill, uh, there would be a little postcard from Malaysia or something from the USA. And obviously a postcard is quite brief. It doesn't take long to, to write one. Uh, but I still have them uh, right behind me now. There's a big box of, of postcards. Um, and I had to stop because I found that I wasn't doing anything else. <laughs> it was becoming, <laughs> becoming a bit of... I am now a post office. Yeah, it's becoming a time sink. Um, and the one that we briefly touched on the other day, I don't know if it was on air or not, uh, is, I think it was off air, uh, from me to you letters.co.uk, uh, which is, um, 
I'm going to write a letter uh, this week to a person who is in hospital being treated for cancer. I won't know who the person is, um, and I won't send it to them directly. It'll go via an intermediary, and it's a couple of people who, um, through their own experience, have found this useful, and they've set up this little relay system uh, where you can just send a letter, I suppose... To cheer them up, that might be the wrong phrase, but perhaps just let them know that they're not alone and give them something a little bit more interesting or different to think about. Uh, mm. I'm told, uh, or certainly if you read the website, if you, you look for yourself, um, there's there's a real value in this for the recipient. Um, and I suppose the payback for, for the sender is just you get to feel that you've done something a little bit worthwhile. Uh, yeah, it's not just a postcard that is like, oh, that was fun. It's something that might actually, you know, bring a smile to someone's face or give them something to think about in a time that is, you know, it's tough. very difficult yeah. and for, very easy to get consumed with what's going on. Yeah, so uh, I'm, I'm going to give that a go. Um, and that will, I say, sort of, you know, supplement my writing to friends thing, which I do regularly. Mm. I don't do it, um, you know, we, there are times when... Uh, they go in cycles, you know, correspondence cycles sort of speed up and there'll be letters going. And then there'll be other times where it'll be a month and then somebody will send one and yeah. the, the the recipient will sit on it for a month and then it will, it'll only be five a year type thing. It goes up and down depending on what people are doing, how busy they are, you know, how life is, is proceeding. Um, but I, I love them. I love writing letters because it's the only real communication system that I use that's, uh, considered um, mm. you, you know you can react to someone's letter but clearly you've got to wait for the postal system to then get it to them so you know having an argument by letter is is not quite the same as having an argument face to face or over a telephone I'm not sure Alexander Hamilton gave it a good go <laughs> he wasn't alone I mean there, there are some cracking arguments that have <laughs> taken place by, by letters but I think to the modern mind it would be very unsatisfying now um, but no, it's, uh, it's the only communication method that I sit there and think, okay, what am I trying to say? And how is the best way for me to say this that will yeah. accurately communicate what I'm trying to say without too much, uh, too much room for, for misunderstanding? It's closer to novel writing than it is to chatting to a friend. Yeah, I think so. It's, and I don't mean that in a contrived sense. It's not like you're trying to like, it's not like Instagram where you're building a false reality. And I mean, some people may well do that, but it's not about like, oh, well, everything's so good and it's amazing and look how good my life is and you should be happy for me. It's more like I want to craft a feeling that will be evoked in the person reading this. And so I'm going to carefully think about how I'm writing it and what I'm engendering into this in terms of thoughts, feelings, emotions. Um, so it's a lot closer to what like writing a book would be, I think, than if you, you know, you and I chatting like this, both of us are just reacting to what the other has said or what our personal experiences are. I'm not considering the tone beyond like, I want to sound like I'm not an idiot. That's the only consideration there. Um, whereas in a letter, I think it's a lot more, not painstakingly constructed, but it's like, I want to say it like this and I want it to read like this. And this is how I want them to feel whenever they 
hear about this thing I'm talking about or I want to remind them of that amazing thing we did or amazing place we went and do you remember this and it's it's all about evoking feeling which is a much more literary thing than I think conversations typically tend to be yeah it's um I don't know if you're sort of if you're in a regular uh correspondence with someone and you might write to them for the sake of argument once a month then you're looking back and going okay so what of substance has happened in my month that I mm. want to yeah. spend the effort to write down? So you, you're not going to get into explaining the plot of the last EastEnders episode. <laughs> <laughs> Which, you know, I'm sure at the time, if you're an EastEnders watcher, is, is very important and you know, contr- yeah. complicated and exciting and interesting. But when you're looking back, you think, okay, well, they're not particularly interested on that or the argument you had with this person or (laughs) what the weather was like on Wednesday. It's, yeah, it it helps distill down that time into something that's, um, you have to be interesting, I think, because you're, yeah, it does take quite a lot of effort. I mean, I handwrite my letters, so. There's another benefit for me is that I get to get my fountain pens out. I get to get nice paper out. Um, I have, I have a little sealing thing. So I get to put a little seal on my envelope. Um, I've got all of the good jazz because that's, you know, I'll be going back to Brad Dowd. I love it's part of it. I love playing with this stuff. Yeah. So I have a little gold sticker that I emboss and it's got, um, it's got Nero. Uh, the, the logo that you'll see on Nero's notes, uh, it's got him and it's got my web address and it's got the, ah, it's cool. It's, I don't know what it cost me. It cost me a few pounds in England. Uh, and I've got really nice airmail, uh, envelopes. So again, available at Nero's notes for a very competitive price. <laughs> um, and I use nice writing paper that changes all the time, which again, you know, is, is something that I enjoy. But because I'm sitting there with an ink pen, which will undoubtedly half the ink will end up on my fingers and hands and um, I'll have to be careful how I blot everything. There's an effort involved. So I don't want yeah. to sit there and go, oh, and then we had chicken and chips. And after the chicken and chips, we had some cheesecake and it was really nice. And then there were, uh, I want to write something <laughs> the other person is going to read and go, okay, well, that's, oh, wow, I hadn't thought of that. Or, oh, that's interesting. And I'm not, saying that I always succeed. I'm sure I don't sometimes. But uh, I think there's something quite special about that type of communication that we don't get much opportunity to do in real life. I mean, even in corporate emails, uh, there was a discussion about this on the Slack. You know, in corporate emails, never ask more than one question because the the recipient will (laughs) will only choose the one they like the most and answer that one if you've asked three. Or the last, the last possible option. It's like, did you have a nice day? Yes. <laughs> but what about the nine things I had? No, no, no. Not going to talk about those. Yeah. Um, and so a letter, you know, when, when I get a letter from a correspondent, it's open next to me and they, there might be five or six questions in there, some of which are completely irrelevant now because they've been dealt with over a different communication channel. Um, so often the questions that are posed in letters, you pose a, a question knowing full well that you probably won't get the answer because it will have naturally occurred somewhere Filtered else. Filtered through some other way. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. Um, it's certainly a dying art. I mean, I think post offices generally are struggling. They're all, they're all going for, 
for parcels. Um, but I think and gift cards. Yeah, I think there's something lovely about a letter. I certainly get very excited when I receive one. Yeah, I mean, I wrote letters quite a lot in university because we went obviously to England, mm-hmm. uh, which is uh, spoiler alert, not the island that I'm from. So my folks were back home, my extended family were back home, and so I would write letters yeah, once or twice a month, I think, to various people, just being like, "This is what we're doing," and. And we're doing this and it's great and I'm working on that. And, and I mean, again, they largely knew what was happening. I had phone calls with them. They saw Instagram, they saw Facebook. We weren't, it wasn't like I was incognito and this is their only information on me. But, you know, especially grandparents and parents and things like that, it's nice to get a letter and they go, oh, they've thought just of me and they've sat down and they've spent half an hour, whatever it is, writing this out. And they could have put it in a phone call and they could have stuck it on a, on a text message, but they didn't. They spent the time. And I think that that sort of investment of your own time, and I mean, it can be in, for selfish reasons in that I want to write this letter. I enjoy writing letters, but it still has a value to the recipient of this was important enough to them and I was important enough to them by proxy that this required effort and time versus firing it into an email and blasting it off at light speed. Sure. And there's something pleasant about that. Yeah, there is. And I, you know, I, I think it's something that, uh, I mean, I don't have kids. I'm not going to have kids. Would I, would I be there saying to my kid, write you, write your granny a letter saying thank you? Um, mm. you know, I think I probably would because I, I think it is a good skill to have. And I think it does serve you in later life. And it's also, it's very nice. Yeah. Well, I mean, in, in 10 years time when it's 2030 and you're like, write your Uncle Stu a letter. Um, he will read it with his laser eyes uh, and in his robotic golf chair that is whisking him around the course. <laughs> um, you know, it, it'll it be, it's a dying art now, right? Yeah. So it'll be an ancient art in 10 years. It's one of those things that there are kids and the very fact that I've used kids in that tone makes me sound like an old man. But there are kids today that, that type, not write. You know, the, the keyboards are their primary vision of text. And so then the idea of picking up a pen or a pencil and writing words out is already archaic. And so the idea of doing that versus texting versus messaging versus phone call is already so far from the normal way to do that, that, you know, my generation, it was like, yeah, you'd write a letter. You don't necessarily always want to, and you sort of feel begrudged sometimes, but you would, you know. 10 years after that, less so, less so, less so. And so there will come a point where it is, you know, akin to dressing up in uh, old military things and running around a field pretending pretending to be Napoleonic soldiers. It's like, why would you write a letter? That's very old school. Okay, that's a strange diversion that you're into, you know? Yeah, for sure. Um, it's, It's interesting. I mean, are we going to see in a few years' time the collected emails of barack obama <laughs> well, mm, i'm reading letters see, from a, a stoic thing. um yeah emails from barack yeah or you know emails from uh, insert name of of uh important person here well see the stoics were interesting and a lot of them didn't write down any of their own work and so it wasn't even their letters it was someone else's transcriptions of their teachings and so that's another layer of abstraction. Mm-hmm. So will you get the the emails of Barack Obama or will you get my recollections of his tenure? 
you know, you know, someone else's postulation of what happened. And, you know, 70 years ago, we were World War II kind of times. And there's still things from then that were like, ah, we kind of lost what was happening there. We didn't really write it down very well. You know, in, in 70 years from now, stuff will be obfuscated and confused and not clear. And people will look back at this time in history and go, what? What were you doing? <laughs> what was happening? Why did you do that? You know, that's why the the minister for Brexit goes to Brussels every year to ask for the extension and has done for the last hundred years. You know, that that's the, the daft stuff that will happen. And I, I, I don't know. I find it really interesting the way that we certainly have moved past, you know, analog writing as a, an effective means of timely communication. That time is well past. We all know that. It doesn't mean it's not an effective form of meaningful conversation, meaningful conver- sort of exchange of ideas and thoughts. But the, the reason for it has changed. And certainly I think it might change again. It might become something that you do as a an utmost expression of I'm investing time and energy because I've gone and borrowed a, a pen from a museum and found the last tree that's available for harvesting and made my own paper. Uh, to write you this letter, which you can't receive because no one has a postal system anymore. <laughs> uh, so I've walked it to you, and here it is, and you can't read it because the the font isn't scalable, and you want a different font size, and you want it uh, to auto-translate, and you want it to read it to you. So, I don't know. Future's weird, but letter writing's still cool. Right, indeed. I mean, what was it um, Churchill said? Uh, History will indeed look upon me favorably, for I intend to write it. That's one way to, to make sure. <laughs> and the other one, just because uh, it came up this morning, was uh, in the uh, impeachment hearings in the States. The first few uh, uh, witnesses, is that the right term, perhaps, that were called uh, were sort of career public servants or, or military personnel. Mm-hmm. And so they had uh, extensive notes <laughs> of, of every conversation they'd ever had it would appear um yeah and then the person that they were interviewing yesterday was the u.s ambassador to the eu uh whose qualifications were that he uh, gave donald trump quite a lot of money and that he <laughs> um uh owned lots of hotels and was you know a cool super guy um and so he's now testifying uh, and essentially going, uh, notes. No, no, I haven't got any of those. Uh, do, do you recall exactly what was it? Uh, no. You seem to be changing your mind about, uh, a lot of things that you said behind closed doors. You're now saying they're not true, uh, and that something else happened. Uh, well, yeah, as I hear other people testify, that sort of reminds me of what actually happened. And it just, you know, reawakens the memory. <laughs> and, and, you know, you, you sort of see that through the focus or through the lens of a prosecutor and you think, well, this guy is useless. And then there's a part of me that's also going, well, hang on. Actually, this guy's probably just honest. Because that's how people remember stuff these days. We don't, you don't sit at your job taking extensive notes of every meeting. You and I get... No, it's all an email. Yeah, well, you and I get looked at like weirdos. You pull out a notebook and take one note. Yeah. <laughs> let, let alone sort of writing down verbatim and this person said that and this person said this and I thought Seriously that was all scribbling. I have to minute every conversation yeah, I have exactly I thought this might actually 
be in breach of the ethics required of a senior politician in the United States, but it's all right. I will make a note to check with legal counsel later. Nobody does that. Well, apparently some people do. Um, so, yeah, I, I think you could argue that the, the sort of lack of writing things down is, is potentially going to cause us problems, as you say. Hmm. Oh, I don't know, TJ. I'll write you a letter on it. Yeah, send me a letter. I'll speak to you in about six months about it. <laughs> okay, well, I've been Stuart Lennon. And I've been TJ Cosgrove. Write us a letter. This has been... I, I always forget. If I say something different before the end of the show, I always mess up the end of the show. There you go. <laughs> Remember to make the past, the present, in the future. This was 1857.